It's history's greatest monster. Boo! Are you saying boo or booerns? Boo! I was saying booerns. NBA Strayer, how are you going? How you going, mate? It's NBA Strayer. How have you spent your day? Have you been spending it yelling at Ben Simmons? <laughs> Good stuff. Right, it's Friday, March 11. Uh-oh, March 11? Yeah, that's right. 3-11 day. Happy 3-11 day. I love that. Absolutely love it. I'm your host, James Clements. This is 311 Day. Uh, <laughs> writer sometimes. For whom's everyone wants to pay me that sweet, sweet fighting stuff here in Larry Armour Studios, hanging out, giving you the lowdown and all the ins and outs of the NBA season, uh, which apparently just mostly revolves around yelling at Ben Simmons. Nice. Uh, we're here repping Strayer a bit. That's all we do. But basically, happy 311 Day. Happy Ben Simmons back in Philly Day. I'll tell you what, it was a bit much, wasn't it? For a blicker wasn't even playing. Uh, we're going to talk about that uh, as we wrap up both games from today in the uh, NBA Australia game wraps. That means that's not an eye for mate. No, mate. Spot of the night. Better than Alonzo Ball. We've got Dickhead of the Week. And, of course, we've got Yeah Nas, the unpopular opinion of the day. And a guest, Outback Takehouse, from our sous chef, Jez, serving up a flame-grilled take. Uh, we're also going to have our three-quarter, what is it, four-fifths of the way through the season award picks. Just because, uh, why not? Because it's a quick show today, only two games. Uh, we've got the Australian Player Watch. We've got a Luke Longley Award for the role player who just does their bloody job of the week. And I uh, might throw in just a really quick Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba Award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence as well. And then a game preview and pick for the r- entire weekend. That'd be bloody good. And I know we're going to do a diary of Stephen Adams, but it's a bit late today. Just a late finish on that Warriors and Nuggets game. So we might just have a bit of a classic cooking with Bainsey. So... Let's bloody well get to it. Episode 772 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Matthew Delvedover and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, uh, you better. Oh, especially for James Harden or Ben Simmons. I like that Shaq was kind of calling it from both sides. Like, yeah, James Harden, you got to be better. Good players. If you're a great player, you got to be great in games like these. And it's like, yeah, cool. And also, I like, you gave uh, Ben Simmons, like, enough props to go, look, I'd rather see him playing, but at least he's out there on that bench. And that tells me a lot about him. Uh, remember that Shaq and Ben Simmons also both went to LSU, so there's a bit of a uh, pre-existing relationship. But either way, uh, enjoyed a bit of a Shaq, Kenny, and Charles today. It was a bit of a good one with uh, all the absolute hoopla, and we'll start there with the uh, way we start every episode of NBA Show with the daily whip around right there. Boom! Ben Simmons returns to Philly. Absolute chaos ensues. <laughs> and right off the bat, I just wanted to sort of just hit this one right straight away. It was a bit fucking much, wasn't it? The fucking harassment outside the hotel, the booing. It's like, all right, yeah, he didn't want to play for your team. It's literally no different to James Harden fucking moping his way out of Houston and moping his way out of Brooklyn, eating his way out of both places as well. Like, Simo was like, yeah, this fucking sucks. I don't want to do it. 
Uh, the way he went about it sucked. Dickheadedness. All around, though, I think, from his agents, uh, through to what Simo was doing, and Philly itself, kind of like, eh, but at the same time, like, the trades fucking happened. Move on. It's a bit fucking full on, man. Uh, but at the same time, I kind of, like, appreciated that uh, he was there, even if it was a bit fucked, and they're like, oh, guess what? Yeah, see, this is proof that he couldn't have worked here. So you're knowingly putting your client in a uh, situation where it's not great for his mental health. Is that what you're trying to tell me, Rich Paul? Yeah, you're doing a great job for your uh, client there. Anyway, so obviously all that happens is that the Nets kick the absolute shit out of the Sixers in Philly and the boos turn from Ben Simmons every time he's like, you know, touching the ball in warm-ups, touching the ball on the sideline every time they showed him. Uh, to them booing their own team because they were getting shit pumped. Very Philly. <laughs> right. Other news, Cam Reddish is out for the rest of the season with the right shoulder separation, which is pretty brutal. Um, it f- kind of sucks as well because it felt like Tibbs had sort of just started playing the young dudes a little bit more. And in a surprise twist that everybody fucking saw coming, they were playing a little bit better. So... Bit of a rough one for the Knicks. Uh, Six-week range, so look, it'll be all right for the uh, next season, but just kind of a bit of a crap moment for the Knicks where it felt like, you know, they're on a bit of a roll, feeling good on this West Coast road trip, and then they lose one of their uh, important sort of young dudes that Tibbs was seemingly slowly warming to. CJ McCollum is in the COVID protocols. That means he's out for tomorrow's game for the Pelicans. Don't be the Pelicans. Uh, against the Charlotte Hornets. Bit of a tough one if you're in your fantasy playoffs like me. God damn it. Anyway, but CJ, that stinks. Hopefully he's all right. I mean, this is a bloke who had like a collapsed fucking lung. So prayers up. He's all right. Don't know fuck with COVID when you got lung problems. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Pat Beverly talking on JJ Reddick's podcast about, you know, moving on from the Clippers after being a bo- being offered a borderline disrespectful contract and getting that trade to Memphis, getting to Memphis and going, yeah, this isn't for me, and then getting to Minnesota. Pretty fun, so that'd be good listening. And uh, two other little bits. Uh, James Harden goes past Reggie Miller for third all-time in three-point makes all-time, uh, which is pretty interesting because uh, I think it took him 585 more attempts to get past Reggie for the number, which is pretty crazy. But, uh, you know, I think it's just going to keep on happening. It's like going to be one of those ones where you're like, Red- <laughs> Buddy Heald has gone past Reggie Miller. And you're like, really? What a world. And finally, Steph Curry. What a legend. Met with a... Uh, one of the a fan who missed him last time in Denver, just like an absolute crazy Steph Curry super fan, uh, because they rested Steph on their previous trip uh, to Denver early in the week, and the Golden State Warriors very nicely hooked them up with uh, some tickets, and Steph met the uh, kid, and she was in tears, and he came over had a chat, and uh, got a photo, signed her, you know, banner. That was just fucking nice. Loved it. That was a really nice little moment, especially after all like this sort of like. Weird toxicity uh, of the Ben Simmons situation. Steph Curry just being nice to a kid. It was like a nice palate cleanser. Right. Let's do some game raps. 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 That's right. Brooklyn beat the shit out of Philly. 129-100 in Philly. That is uh, not what I expected. Uh, the first sort of like little bit, it just felt they could never get into a rhythm. Isn't that right with Philly? It was weird. Brooklyn were up 21 and a half. Joel Embiid had gone to the line 19 times in that first half. And you're like, well, that seems like it ought to be a uh, recipe for a way to beat the Nets. Feed the big man, 
They've got Andre Drummond trying to contain him. And Andre Drummond did really good. <laughs> like, maybe because he's been playing against him for, like, you know, a year and a half. But the same vibe was, uh, like, Harden couldn't buy a bucket. He started off, like, 1 of 12. Ends up 3 of 15 at the half. Brooklyn are up 21, despite MB going to the line 19 times. Like, nearly half of the Sixers point, points came on free throws. But that almost felt like it was the problem. Like, they never got into a rhythm offensively. Like, it was kind of like, ah, stop, start, choppy, shitty, chop, chop, ah, free throw, free throw. And, like, the rest of the sixes were just kind of like, ah, I got no... Like, Maxi was just in a bit of a shit show. Tobias Harris couldn't do anything in a surprise twist. Uh, even George Niang and Korkmaz and stuff, there's just no flow to their game. And then nothing changed in the second half. Like the Nets are up like as much as 32. You still have Patty Mills diving on the floor. And uh, <laughs> it's like, Patty, you're up 32. I think we can save ourselves just a little bit. But this is it. Like the Nets' defense was pretty impressive, which is not something you usually say about a KD Kyrie team. But it was. Like Drummond was locked in against his old mate in Bede. Bloodsport, James Johnson was just causing havoc. And this ends up as a wire to wire win. And it was basically cooked and over like halfway through the third quarter, where. Philly could make zero inroads because, and this is the thing with Brooklyn, right? Like if their defense just has like a half decent game, Bruce Brown's handy, the sort of plug and play switcheroo kind of dude. James Johnson as well. It's sort of like Steve Nash realized like if I throw a pretty big body and Kyrie held his own really well against Harden, made him work for all the shots he was trying to take. I think he ends up going over on uh, actual twos as well, Harden, right? So he goes three of 17, three of seven of which were from downtown. So O of 10 on two-pointers, and Kyrie was making him work, and they just had a sort of enough of those weird switchy bodies. And we are talking about this uh, before KD came back. Like, the defense, it's weird to think about with the Nets, but KD is kind of like the linchpin to that. And if you're going to add Ben Simmons to that as well, like, holy moly, pack her up, boys. Uh, but that's kind of it, right? The Sixers had 18 turnovers. They let the Nets shoot 56%. Meanwhile, the Sixers, they shot 32%. I'm going to say that's not ideal to shoot 24% less than your opponent. Jesus. Embiid had 27 points on five made field goals. That's right, 27 points, 12 rebounds, two assists. He shot five of 17. 27 points on five made shots. He went 15 of 19 at the free throw line, two or three from downtown. Harden, as mentioned, three of 17. Gross! And uh, 11 points. Only 2-2 two two at the free throw line as well. He was whinging early and often. Uh, he had 5 assists, 4 turnovers, 16-3-3 three three for Tobias Harris, which is just one of those classic Tobias Harris games. It's like uh, Doc just turns to Tobias goes, uh, Tobias, yeah, look, James and Joel are struggling a bit to get into a bit of the rhythm here. Can you uh, go out there and get us uh, 30? You got it, boss. 16 it is. Oh, jeez. Uh, Maxi again, look, 2-7 of seven from the floor for him. And that was probably the... Uh, most impressive aspect of the way the Nets slowed down this Nets out uh, the Sixers offense, right? Like Maxi just had zero space to operate in. And with Harden sort of trying to get something going, Maxi sort of just got left by the wayside and they covered him really well. He ended up with four points. Yosh. Uh, who else did anything? Not much. George Niang with 11 and five. He goes two or six from three, 10 and nine for Deandre Jordan against his old team. I assume that's where we're all getting psyched up about, right? DeAndre Jordan gets his ulti? No. Corkmaz, two or six from three as well for his eight. For the Nets, KD was amazing. 25, 14, and seven. 10 of 17 shooting. Three, six on threes. There was a stretch where he was throwing the ball in the hoop and not touching the net. 
Like, physically, that's impossible. But it was going in, and the net was just not moving. It was fucking insane. I loved it. Kyrie had 22 points, 5 assists, 5 of 11 from downtown for him. Seth Curry with a revenge game. Love that. 24 points, 5 steals. He shot 10 of 14, Seth Curry. And it wasn't all threes. He goes 4 of 8 from 3. And was hitting everything else. Like, it was awesome. So, uh, Bloodsport James Johnson. I mentioned this. 6 of 7 shooting for him. 3 of 3 from 3. Free for free. And uh, 16, 4 and 3 with 5 blocks. He was doing heaps of damage. 10 points for Patty. 7 assists for Gore on the flog. Dragic. Andre Drummond with 7, 7 and 3 blocks. Nicky Claxton had 3 blocks with 9 points, 8 assists. They had 15 blocks as a team. That's incredible. And 13 steals. How's that defense? Philly. Look. I tweeted this out. Philly, like Brooklyn came to play. KD and Kyrie just very clearly, right, right, we're locked in. We're going to just go out there and kick some ass, take some names. Philly are like, we're here to yell at Ben Simmons. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you idiots doing? Anyway, they're 40 and 25 now, they're sixes, and that one's going to sting for a bit. And the Nets, 34 and 33. And I tell you what, there's no love lost between these two teams. Give me a whole mess of a uh, playoff series between them. And the same goes for the second game today. Golden State 113 versus Denver 102 in Denver. What a weird, fun game this was. The Warriors are looking good pretty early. Michael Green nearly fucking killed himself falling off the hoop. He held on and uh, ends up with a tech foul. But uh, Steph missed that tech foul. Andy misses a relocation three. There's like, bang, a 15-zip Nuggets run in the second quarter uh, with the Nuggets bench doing heaps of damage. I think they had 27 points at the half. Uh, they're up 60-51. to 51. The Nugs are out-rebounding them pretty handily, even though they were only 3-17 from 3. Didn't matter. They were working them. Like I think uh, the Joker had a double-double already. It was like 19-10. and 10. Uh, But then, boom, the third quarter, like the Nuggets sort of were bodying them. They're down 14, the Warriors. And you're like, holy shit, what is going on? And Steph just goes, right, nah, fuck this. There's a kid over there. I had a chat with her earlier. She's going to be mighty disappointed if we lose. Just drops 18 points in the third quarter. Goes absolutely ham. So Joker sits with his fourth foul. Uh, I think the Nets are, uh, the Nuggets are up 10 at that point. Boom. 24-10 to 10 run. Absolute chaos. So four-point Warriors lead into the fourth quarter. And then an awesome fourth quarter. We're just back and forth. Like Denver ripped off an eight-zip run. They're up 100-98. to 98. And uh, you might notice, you know, if I say 100-98, to 98, you're like, well, Jimmy, that's... Uh, didn't Denver only end up on 102? And you're like, yes, that's that's correct. Because from that point, it was a 15-2 run. <laughs> By the Warriors, it was absolute chaos. It was back and forth down the stretch. Steph just kept making these insane little uh, shots in the paint. Uh, and then Poole smashes in two massive dagger threes. The problem is for Denver, they just had, like, on a back-to-back, they just very clearly ran out of gas. Like, that fourth quarter, the legs were gone. After they made that little run to get up, it was just nothing after that. Literally, they didn't score for the last three and a bit minutes. Uh, 0-4 shooting and then three turnovers. So seven trips, essentially, for Denver end up empty. And <laughs> it's, it's all over, 113-102. So pack her up, boys. Tough one for Denver, but look, it happens when you're on a back-to-back. You don't want to say schedule loss, especially when you're at home, but kind of what it felt like, right? Especially with Joker out there by himself, without MPJ, without Jam and Jamal. Uh, Joker was doing it all. 23, 12, and 9 for him. He shot 9 and 21, and you could see him just going, oh, I'm just going to shoot a bunch of threes. He went 0 of 8 from 3 today, where it was very much like, uh, 
this is going to save me, save my legs just a little bit if I just launch a long bomb. And I uh, couldn't find his range. 19-5-1 for Monty Morris. Air Gordon, Aaron Air Gordon, 10-11. and 11. Bones Island with 10. Austin Rivers, oh, he is on an absolute spud tear at the moment, is Austin. Uh, nah, man, I've earned all that money I've made. It's like, yeah, but did you? <laughs> did you? Oh, God, a day after going, what, two, uh, yeah, two of eight from the floor, you went a one of six. Thanks for coming, Austin Rivers, the most punchable man in the NBA. Steph Curry ends up with 34-9 rebounds. He was awesome. Just did a little bit of everything and uh, three assists, two steals. Shot 11-21, 5-12 from downtown. Clay ends up with 18 points. He came on 7-20 shooting, 2-8 of eight from three. He was getting angry with himself, and it was kind of funny to say. Uh, Jordan Poole with 21-7 and seven assists. He was good. Come bucket. Jonathan Kaminga, 18-3. You love that. 10-7-5 for Kevon Looney, who was awesome. And battled manfully against Joker all game. But uh, my favorite was probably Andrew uh, Maple Jordan, Andrew Wiggins, uh, who just went off for seven points, four rebounds, five assists. That's right. That's uh, all-star Andrew Wiggins, who also shot a memorial. Woo! Yeah! Wiggins! You'll love to see it. 3-11 on 3-11 day. Andrew Wiggins, you're a superstar. Seven points. <laughs> love it. Denver dropped to 40 and 27. The Warriors are 45 and 22. Feeling good all of a sudden because uh, they're now basically like, uh, essentially they end up, what, three, because they were, I think, 0-3 in the uh, season series. And this is like a pretty... I don't know, obvious kind of vibe for a playoff series. If the Nugs end up six and the Warriors end up three, boom, this is a playoff series. And the Nugs had won the first game, 89-86, 117-116 the next one. Then 131-124 the other day. And the Warriors finally got one back. So good stuff by the Warriors. They needed that. And uh, Denver, their win streak comes to an end. All right, let's do an NBA show pre performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a nice. That's a knife. I mean, this is KD and Steph, right? Two names that will be forever linked with KD, you know, glomming onto the greatest team of all time to get a couple of, uh, you know, half rings. <laughs> but uh, KD just went out there and proved that, oh, yeah, if you want to give me, like, a shitty atmosphere, a toxic atmosphere where I'm getting booed a shit ton, mate, that's just fucking fueling the fire. Boom. Off it. Some of that shooting was so pure. It was absolutely ridiculous. 25, 14, and 7. Two steals and a block. 10 of 17 shooting. 3 of 6 from downtown. The craziest part was, I mean, he did it in 32 minutes. 25, 14, and 7 in 32 minutes. He was incredible. And then, of course, Steph. I mean, just stole that game. He just went, oh, third quarter. Yeah, I better wake up. 34 points. 11 to 21 shooting. 5 of 12 from threes. Uh, nine rebounds, three assists, and a couple of steals. He was a plus 18 in a game they won by 11. So he was awesome, did everything, and there is still nothing quite more electric than when Steph Curry just sort of shakes it off and just goes, hang on a second. Like that first half, he was feeling pretty pedestrian. I think he was like two of seven maybe from three, ends up five of 12, and uh, off he went. So you'd love to see that. KD and Steph together again. Who is Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 Spud,
night. Shake Milton goes 0 of 6 in 23 minutes. 0 of 2 from down from 3. Zero points. Thanks for coming, Shake. He was getting angry as well. Uh, but, of course, spud of the night has to go to the biggest spud out there in that uh, Philly-Brooklyn game. Fat Man Hoop, Philly clan. That's right, Fat Man Hoop. 11-6-5 goes James Harden on 3 of 17 shooting. 3 of 17. That is chaos. Absolutely loved every second of it as well. As I mentioned, he was like 1 of 12, and you're like, oh, God, what is going on? Uh, but finishes 3 of 17, misses. He goes 0 of 10 on twos. Uh, three or seven from three, six rebounds, five assists, four turnovers. Just an absolute giant, giant spud. Little game James, they call him. Little game James. Who was old mate? No mates though. Old mate, no mates. 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 Well, this one's easy. <laughs> was it the guy getting booed going from the fucking hotel to the team bus? Jesus. Doc Rivers uh, saying, I don't know why I would talk about a guy in street clothes, which is fair for Doc. I kind of appreciated that. Um, But definitely, like, the treatment is a bit on the nose. And as I said the other day, it's like, of course he's going to get booed. Of course it's going to suck. Of course it's going to be fucking wildly toxic. It's Philly. It's the city that threw batteries at fucking Santa. Like, what are we doing? So, of course, he's old mate, no mates. It does go over the top. That's what Philly does. Like, just <laughs> ask any Philly fan how they feel about Carson Wentz and <laughs> watch them fucking talk your ear off for a half hour. Uh, but I did enjoy this because there was a lot of old mate, no mates on all sides here because obviously Seth Curry goes back to Philly. Uh, but KD and James Harden. James Harden fucking bailed on two of his mates to go team up with Joel Embiid. KD and Harden didn't talk to each other at all during the warm-ups. Simo and Embiid didn't. And uh, then after the game, though, the old mate no-mates, turns out the Nets had Ben Simmons back to an amazing degree. Kyrie Irving said, we definitely felt like Ben was on our heart. If you come at Ben, you come at us. And KD said, I think all of us look at Ben as our brother. We knew that this was a hostile environment. It's hard to chant at Ben Simmons when you're losing by that much, though. Great stuff by KD. But, of course, we're going to get to this in a second. This is definitely a standout legend of the week. Well, I guess... Old mate, no mates. It's very clearly Ben Simmons in Philly. It's not going to change too much, but, I mean, shit. It's a dude who's sitting on the bench. You got to focus on the game sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, pants of the night. I mean, this is still Philly. <laughs> it was still Philly. They start the day by fucking harassing Ben Simmons in the street. They're yelling at him. They start harassing him in the fucking tunnels. They're at Wells Fargo Center or whatever the fuck it's called. They're, they're booing him in the arena. They're booing him when he gets in the shooting fucking layup line. They're booing him when he gets a loose ball on the bench. And then, in classic Philadelphia fashion, they end up booing their old own team as they get shit pumped. Oh, yeah, that's a Philadelphia Panson. they got to do the 360. Boo, this guy sucks. Boo. Hey, wait, our guys suck as well. Boo. Guess what, Philly? You just got pants. Right, who was better than Lonzo Ball? <coughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you will get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. 22 minutes, come bucket. Jonathan Kaminga goes 7 of 12 from the floor, 2 of 5 from 3. Still looks a little bit tentative sometimes, but he fires it up and you're like, that looks pretty bloody good. 18 points and 3 rebounds in his 22 minutes. 
just does a little bit of something, something. I think Kaminga's sort of a dude for Golden State as well. Literally, as soon as Draymond gets back, Kaminga's going to look even better. Like, he's going to be in better spots, better positioned, probably know how to use his, uh, you know, length and everything on the floor a bit better. But at the moment, he's doing just bloody fine. So, I love it. Great job, Cumbucket. Good job, Jonathan Kaminga. Today, better than Lonzo Ball. Finally, Dickhead of the Week. Dickhead of the week. So this goes back a couple of days to Kevin Durant saying, I think part of the experience of coming into an NBA game is to heckle. Some people don't even enjoy basketball. Their lives are so shitty that they get to just aim it at other people. So it's easy to kind of get that release at a basketball game. Ben understands that. We are tried to put a tidy thrill into their grey little lives. I forget it. Turn on the lasers. <laughs> I just want to thank Matt Alvaro for pointing out that that's basically that was the line from uh, The Simpsons with Spinal Tap visiting Springfield. <laughs> we are trying to put a tidy thrill into their grey little lives. So I had to yell about this. What is it on Wednesday when this quote came out? Like KD going, "Some people don't even enjoy basketball. Their lives are so shitty that they just aim at other people." Do you know how much it costs to go to a fucking NBA game, Kevin? It's a lot. <laughs> no, I mean, I hate basketball, but I fucking love just going there to yell at people. You idiot. <laughs> what a fucking dick. I love that he, though, turns around at the end of the week and turns into legend of the week, along with the other guys getting around Benny Simmons. Kyrie, obviously, saying that we felt like he was in our heart. If you come at Ben, you come at us. Uh, KD saying if you, we all look at Ben as our brother. And then, you know, had his back. I love that. And then just sort of dumping on Philly. It's hard to chant at Ben Simmons when you're getting shit pumped. Nice one, KD. Uh, but Legend of the Week very clearly has to go to our man, Paddy Thrills Mills. Just the footage of him coming out of the tunnel next to Benny was so fucking heartwarming, wasn't it? Paddy going, look, Ben, it doesn't matter. You're going to get booed, but I've got your back. We've all got your back. You're our brother. Fucking love you, mate. I'm here. Paddy Mills is an absolute dead set fucking legend. Patty for PM, you absolute super duper star, Patty Mills. Get yourself a mate like Patty Mills. That's all I'm saying. What a legend. He's going to be legend of the week. Right. Yeah, Nas, right up top this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. 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 All right, yeah, Nas are brought to you today by our mates... Over at Manscaped. That's right, March Madness is almost here. That's right, not everyone can have a perfect bracket, but you can have the perfect set of balls this tournament season. Boom! With the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. That's right, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming have just launched their ultra-premium collection to give you the total championship hygiene routine. After sweating out the games, make sure you lather up head-to-toe with this all-in-one skin and hair care kit to have your body and balls smelling Final Four fresh. So join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with their exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com, use the code STRAYA, and you'll get 20% off in free shipping. This is the Cinderella story you're not going to want to miss, I'll tell you that much. Uh, basically, when the clock winds down in March, just be super clutch. You can't maybe knock into three in a March Madness game, but you can. I'll tell you what, get sorted with the ultra-premium collection to keep everything under control. Because look... 
We've already talked about the lawnmower uh, for that trim below the waist. Now, essential that is. I love that advanced skin safe technology. Don't, don't take you, I'll tell you that much. But now, enhance your big dance in the shower with their ultra premium collection. We've got the Manscaped Premium Deodorant. Not for your balls, this one. This is for your uh, stanky armpits. It dries clear. It's aluminium-free. smells like their signature scent. It's awesome. You've got the Hydrating Body Moisturizer. I'll tell you what, I love this, actually, because I've got a couple of tats. Uh, it's awesome. Keeps your skin feeling clean, smooth, and smells fresh. The Body Wash is awesome. Lather yourself up with that uh, infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel. Oh, it's a ripper. And uh, you got the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Clean your scalp with one easy step. Boom, and you get a free gift. It's a three-pack set of lip balms made up with ingredients like vitamin E, peppermint, all that good stuff. So four products and a gift inside the Ultra Premium Collection. Get around it. I'll tell you what, seriously, you hop in the shower, scrub it up with that Manscaped body wash, lather your hair up the two-in-one, dust off and spray with a hydrating body moisture riser, bang on the deodorant, and then you use your lip balm. Get a kiss from your partner and away you go. So, 20% off from free shipping of the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off from free shipping of the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. Call a Manscaped this tournament season or your bracket won't be the only thing that's busted. Oh, jeez. Better watch out. Right. Yeah, Nas for today. Dan Drosher. I want Brooklyn to employ bangers to travel with Ben for the rest of the season. To motivate him. Show him how lucky he is. Imagine the effect of him having to sit next to Baines and Mills every plane or coach ride. Yeah, nah, Jimmy. Yeah, nah, fuck yes. Look, this is an investment Brooklyn should be doing right now. Sean Marks is a Kiwi. He gets it. He gets it. He's already seeing the effect that Patty Mills is having on uh, Ben Simmons. Just go sign bangers. You know, just basically it turns into Ben Simmons' security entire time. Just have Patty and bangers next to Benny the entire time. Just... Get him in a great headspace. That's all it's about. Just imagine that. Could you think of two, or maybe Joe Ingles, but <laughs> just sitting Benny next to Joey and uh, Patty would be awesome. But either way, get Bangers in there. Off you go. Bangers is recuperating. Bring him in there just basically as, you know, you can even just not pay him as a player. Just bring him as a, like a security consultant. That's what Bangers can do. Lay some wood still. But, I mean, shit, that would just show Benny just how quickly it can all be taken away, right, as well. So... That might fly to fire under his ass. Show him how lucky he is, as Dan points out. But I love that idea. Just go sign bangers right now. Boom. Brad McKeegan, Jimmy, yeah, nah, should Benny have just spent the whole pregame today knocking down threes for the Philly fans? <laughs> so this is what I was thinking earlier. Yeah, nah, yeah, obviously. Because this is like one of the things I was thinking about uh, before the game. I'm like, this would be the ultimate troll if he was just out there before the game and like all the fans are like swanning in. And uh, he's just out there on the court just knocking down shot after shot after shot. <laughs> just fuck with their heads. I would have loved it. So, yeah, that's a great one, Brad. Um, I was even thinking about trying to just, like, mock up a uh, picture of him doing it. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't have time. Um, but that was awesome. So, yeah, that would have been great if he could just been out there just knocking in three after three after three. He did get the Bronx cheer for the dunk, which is pretty funny, but either way. But more importantly, uh, should the Sixers worry about that game? Yeah, nah. Maybe a little, yeah. I mean, because they were primed. Like, it's a massive game. They've got their villain. But also, like, I'd be more concerned about how they got in their own heads and fucked themselves worrying about a bloke who wasn't even playing. you got to remember, this is still Philly. This is still Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, who have never gotten past the second round together. James Harden, a noted underperformer in the playoffs and in big spots. I mean, I'd feel a little bit discouraged if I was a Philly fan right now. Like, 
Harden playing like shit when it matters is pretty brutal. Like, even against good teams so far, this year against the top 11 teams, he's averaging 19 points on 37% shooting and four turnovers a game. That's incredible. In 15 games against the top 11. Jesus. So I'd be a little bit worried. I mean, of course, he was tanking half the season with the Nets, but either way. And finally, just in terms of this whole thing, I don't really want to go back to it again, but was that a bit much? Yeah, nah, yeah. I mean, we've said our piece about Simo plenty of times on this show. That's what I do. You know, as a noted, noted idiot who yells about basketball all the time, I, do in, I don't actually enjoy yelling about Ben Simmons when he's not playing. Like, it sucks. Like, criticize his performance on the court, criticize the way he handles his off-court shit, but, I mean, just fucking booing the guy, just relent, like harassing him from the bus and shit. You're like, all right, he's just a fucking dude. Of course, didn't do himself any favors on the way he left. Didn't really do himself any favors wearing the big Louis Vuitton. <laughs> what was it like? Was that a fucking NHL Louis Vuitton jersey? A fucking hockey jersey? Anyway, but it was a bit much. And I did love that the Nets kicked the shit out of them to uh, shut them up. So you do love that. All right. Award picks in the unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I don't know how unpopular these will be, but my MVP at the moment. I think I've sort of switched and switched and switched and switched and switched. And I'm still landing on Joker. Like, I think we are at Embiid and Joker the other day. I've got Joker, Embiid, and Giannis as the top three. Jar at four, Demar at five, Luca at six, Tatum at seven, LeBron at eight, uh, nine probably Steph, ten probably CP3. So um, I just think Joker, like someone's like, oh, Joker's a six seed. It's like, yeah, because he's got fucking nobody in there. Like the fact that he has like Air Gordon is his second best teammate, mate, and they're still in the playoff hunt is absolutely fucking crazy. Like, that's almost more of a case, the fact that he has this team as a six seed. Like, as soon as Jamal went out, and then Michael Porter Jr. goes out at the start of the season, you're like, all right, pack her up, boys, Denver. So, yeah. Nope, Joker's been too good. That's the most value. Like, take him off this team, and, like, do they win nine games? Like, fucking hell. Joker, unbelievable. Embiid has been incredible as well. So, I think this is going to go back and forth the rest of the way. Giannis is still in a chance there to turn it upside down. So, rookie of the year, I think it's... uh. Mobley has a bit of a chance now with uh, go the throw Jared Allen to take this one. But I think, in my estimation, Scotty B, Scotty Barnes, has just stuck his nose ahead. He's been really good, like basically since the All-Star break, which I think I pointed out the other day was ironic because he had a horrible All-Star show <laughs> in the rookie sophomore game, in the uh, skills challenge. Scotty, what are you doing? But either way, he's been awesome since Mobley... Had a couple of quiet ones there and then uh, has really fired up since Jared Allen went out. But... Uh, number three, I've got Gids. Uh, unfortunately, his hip injury is probably going to uh, leave him there at three. Kay Cunningham at four. Jalen Green has just jumped up to tie Franz Wagner. Hello at five for me too. Uh, Kate has been pretty good for a little while now. And I know this because he's been one of my uh, standouts when it comes to fantasy. But Jalen Green has really turned it on too. So Gids, uh, hopefully he comes back and we see more of him this year because I would love to see that. We did get an Instagram post of him hopping out of the car, so hopefully the hip isn't too bad. Coach of the Year, this is uh, one we touched on yesterday, which sort of prompted this. Monty Williams is number one for me. Imo Yudoka, number two. Ty Lu three. Spo is number four. Just look at the heat and just go, right, so what constant have they had all year? And there's, like, nothing. <laughs> they were missing Bam, Butts, Big Buddha, Larry. Tyler Hero misses time, like, and Spo has them in the one seat. 
and surprisingly enough, considering that, like, what, a month or so in, I'm like, does he make it halfway through the season? J-Kid might be a top five. Six man of the year, there goes my hero. Tyler Hero. Uh, Jordan Jeremy Clarkson. Kelly Oubre. Whomever you want to put in there. That's all right. Most improved, I've got Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, DeJunte Murray, and Miles Bridges. People saying Jama Ranch should win most improved. Ah, I hate that. It's like you're a number two pick. You are turning into a superstar. You were drafted to be a superstar. I think Darius Garland and Dujunte Murray have done sort of more with less this year. How's that sound? All good? Good. All right. Outback Takehouse for today. It's Friday at Outback. Can you know what that means? Ice cold 4 for 1 TGIF Foster's oil drum cans. Full of icy cold Foster's lager. That's right. It's Australian for horse piss. I'm going to serve it up to you with your flame grill take. And today's flame grill takes from our sous chef, Jez. And it is. LeBron James should trade himself to the Nets this offseason for basketball NBA Kanye so that he and Bronny can win a ring with the Slim Reaper and the Box Hill Brookie. Only at Outback. That's a, uh, I think basketball, NBA Kanye being traded for LeBron would be funnier than shit. I love that. I actually love it. Let's see that one happen. Talking into existence there, Jess. Uh, Also, I love that the NBL are jumping on going, nah, man, we'll take Bronny. Hey, who do you reckon we should send Bronny to? And then that way LeBron will come over. And I'm like, oh, yeah? Bronny's going to love Townsville. (laughs) Cairns? No, Townsville don't even attend. Cairns? Yeah, Bronny's going to be fucking like, man, this humidity's awesome. Fucking love Cairns. But, uh, I mean, that's all a bit moot because we all know that the Ballarat Miners are the front runners for Bronny James and LeBron in the end. And uh, that's all I'll say on that. <laughs> Good on you. Way to go, MBL. All right, uh, let's take a quick break. Be back with Australian Player Watch right after this. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, what do Chris Paul, NASA Commander Scott Kelly, and Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian have in common? Well... They've all got incredible experiences and have created audio courses to teach you what they've learned on Knowable. It's awesome. It's a short little podcasty kind of things. And uh, I love them. Absolutely love them. Like the bloke from NASA talks to you about space. Chris Paul talks about the performance benefits of a plant-based lifestyle. And Alexis Ohanian teaches you how to launch a startup. There's other really, 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 really good stuff in there too. hundred other experts waiting to teach you something new. So if you're keen on learning some new stuff today, download Knowable from your app store, bang in the code STRAYER, and you'll get 20% off. How good's that? So go check it out. Oh, I love him. The squid still hates him. There's nothing I can do. He just hates him. He's just like, oh, dad, this isn't Thomas and Friends story time. And he loses his mind. Just absolutely chucks a wobbly. So either way, I have to listen to when he's not here. Right, Australian player watch. Paddy thrills in a big win over Philly. 10 points. He was awesome as well. Four or six from the floor. Two or four from downtown. One assist, two steals. Diving everywhere, as mentioned, up 32 Crushing it. Ben Simmons sitting courtside. Giving him a big old smile. It's only going to make him more angry, Ben. you love that. And Aussie Matty T, Matisse Tybel. I mentioned this, right, about the uh, other dudes on Philly. With all the trips to the free throw line, it really felt like everybody else was out of rhythm. And uh, Matty T was in one of those ones too. So four points in 25 minutes. One of five shooting. Oh, of two from three. He did hit both of his free throws, though. Two or two. Uh, he had three rebounds and a block as well. So... 
But still, it was a bit, uh, it was a bit wonky, wasn't it? Yeah, tell you what. All right. Quick Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. It's the first Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Easy one. This one was tweeted out by Stan Van Gundy. Nikola Jokic is the only player in the NBA's top 10 in scoring, rebounding, and assists. He leads the league in win shares, value over replacement players, player efficiency rating, and on-off differential. But he's clearly the MVP. And I'm like, yeah, to be honest, the way he's played, especially the last couple of months, he's been like, he's been awesome all season. Uh, but he's kicked it up a notch somehow and uh, kind of loving it. Uh, the Luke Longley Award for bloke role player, bloke who just does their bloody job award. Uh, this one's going to go to Bloodsport. James Johnson State. So I already hit on how he had 16, 3 and 3. 16 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 5 blocks, shot 6 or 7 from the floor, 3 or 3 from 3. Free for free. In only 22 minutes he did that. But my favorite thing about James Johnson, Bloodsport, is always going to be that he knows his role. His role is to go out there, kick some ass, take some names, throw some bodies around. And when he's asked to play, like, extra minutes, he actually does pretty bloody well. Like, he played uh, 31 minutes against Toronto at the start of the uh, month at 19. And every time he sort of cracks, you know, 20-something, he's up there going pretty ham. So, um, but he's also essentially out there. He understands, like, if KD's in trouble, then there's going to be a lot of extra trouble because I'm James Bloodsport fucking Johnson. And I love that. Right, the Penny Mills Game Day Ball or Game Day Twitter check-in. Also... I just feel like Bloodsport gives you a uh, real nice sense of uh, confidence if you're on his team, right? Because, I mean, who's going to fuck with you? <laughs> it's James Johnson. Uh, the Penny Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. We've got Josh Green um, on the IGs on the road again with a very nice-looking Louis Vuitton bag. Uh, but Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landale just had a great little one with the puppy. And you love to see that. Because uh, he's just out there going, oh, nah. Just a bit of a pre-game, pre-game warm-up. And uh, he had his puppy, but then posted a photo yesterday of him going into uh, maybe leaving the game. And he's wearing an awesome Homer Simpson shirt that just says Kith. And there's the picture of uh, Homer on the front of his jumper. Don't know about you, that's, that's inspiring me. Right. Game previews and picks. Let's do it for the entire weekend. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. Excited for the weekend. Oh, yeah, mate. Actually going to go to the basketball. We're going to go to the NBL. Go to the, uh, was it the throwdown? The showdown? Throwdown. United versus the Southeast Melbourne Magic Phoenix. Love that. Uh, I haven't been for a while. The squid's are like beside himself, the, uh, the idea of it, so... I'll tell you what, wouldn't want to be a beer tonight. It's going to get a bit hairy. So, big weekend ahead. Can't wait. I'm going to go see Dear Seattle at the Croxton tomorrow night. Then try to make it down for gold mines over at Cherry. So, see how we go. But either way, we went one of two on the picks today. Um, as mentioned at the start, like, I expected Philly to just run a lot more through Embiid and dominate with the big man, but did not happen. But we nailed the uh, Golden State pick. So, one of two leaves us at 568 correct picks of 982. On the year. Uh, so, for tomorrow, Saturday, we have Minnesota going to Orlando. Look, Orlando uh, have been covering and playing pretty well of late. Sneaky couple of wins here and there. Minnesota, though, are the sort of team who just kill bad teams. And that's what I've been talking about basically all week, right? Like, from weekend winners and losers, they had a stretch where they needed to kill everybody. They have so far. 
They're seven and a half point favorites in Orlando. I think they've got that one. Give me the Wolves. Clippers go to Atlanta. They're six and a half point underdogs in Atlanta, which is a bit tricky. I kind of think they've got like enough dudes to throw at Atlanta to make their life a bit hell. Like Reggie Jackson's going to love it. Six and a half. I think it's a little bit too much. Like I kind of feel like Atlanta might win this, but it'll be close. So give me the Clippers plus six and a half. I think they can win. Detroit go to Boston and... It's like the odds makers haven't been watching Detroit at all. They're 13 and a half point underdogs, Detroit. Yes, they've been a little bit bad here and there, but they've also been one of the sneaky, like, most coveriest, half-decent, we're actually winning some games out of nowhere teams of the last sort of three weeks. So I'm taking Detroit plus 13 and a half. Boston will probably win, but it won't be as easy as you think. Miami, they host Cleveland. Uh, the Heat are five and a half point favorites against the Cavs. I'm going to say the Heat need a big bounce back after that. Pretty bad loss to Phoenix, and I think Miami will get it. If they get butts back, that'll be no problems against Cleveland. Dallas go to Houston. I don't like this line at all. Houston, I mean, they just knocked off the Lakers. Houston have pulled out a couple of sneaky ones. Dallas's D, though, is pretty good. They're 10.5-point favorites on the road, though, Dallas. I mean, it's Dallas to Houston. It's not that far. Literally down the road. Uh, so I'll just go the Mavs, 10.5. They're just a good team. Their defense might hold Houston in check. But that was a pretty bad loss the Dallas Mavericks had against the Knicks the other day, right? So... Let's just go with bounce back. Uh, the Grizzlies host the Knicks. Uh, I think the Grizz are going to get a big, big win here. Nine and a half point favorites. I think they smash the Knicks. Charlotte. And this is the thing. I've talked about the Knicks heaps, right? And in the last week or so, they're sneakily kind of just putting it together. I just think Memphis are the exact wrong team for the Knicks to play against. <laughs> yeah, Grizzlies going to kill them. Uh, Charlotte. They played New Orleans without Ingram or CJ. Charlotte are one and a half point favorites. I'm going to take the Hornets there. Utah, seven and a half point favorites on the road in San Antonio. I'm going to take the Jazz. I think they're, uh, after basically taking half the game off against Portland yesterday, they'll be right. Seven and a half, take that. Toronto go to Phoenix. They're six and a half point underdogs, the Raptors. They've got Fred Van Vliet back, though. Uh, I think they'll cover that because Toronto could even win against Phoenix. This is two Aaron Bangers Baines teams as well. Uh, so give me the Raps plus six and a half. I think it's a close game. And then finally tomorrow, the Lakers host Washington, the Kuzma Bowl. I'm a bit worried about Washington. They've just spent two days in LA, and Kuzma's like, let me show you my LA. And everyone's like, okay, Kuzma, this is a a lot of fashion shows, my dude. (laughs) And we don't all have to wear big pink sweaters. What's happening? Uh, I'm going to take the Lakers minus four and a half. I think Washington will get worn out by the uh, LA nightlife. Sunday from noon, we've got seven games in Miami host Minnesota. So Minnesota do the dreaded Florida back-to-back in back-to-back days. Uh, The Heat, though, they'll have hosted Cleveland the day before. Then they take on Minnesota. I think Miami might just have enough to get over Minnesota. That's going to be a close one, though. So I'll take Miami just. Chicago host Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland on a back-to-back, having just been to Miami, go to Chicago. That's a tough one. Give me the Bulls. San Antonio host Indy. Uh, Indy coming in. Not playing on a back-to-back. San Antonio will be. I think Indy might get San Antonio there out of nowhere. Oh, and I guess, uh, you know, if San Antonio beat either of uh, Utah or Indy, that'll be Pop's record. But either way, um, Millie Walker, they host... No, they go to Golden State, don't they? Cool. Give me the Bucks. Bucks Warriors. That's going to be awesome. But the Bucks are going to kill them. <laughs> it's just too much size in Milwaukee. Uh, across the board. So give me the Bucks over Golden State. Denver hosts Toronto. Toronto on a back-to-back having just played in Phoenix. That's a tough one. Give me Denver. Utah go from San Antonio back home to host Sacramento. I think the Jazz should be able to take care of Sacramento. 
because they're not very good. Washington on a back-to-back. They play Portland, though. This is the Portland Timbers, basically. Might as well run the uh, soccer team out there rather than this basketball team. I'm using basketball inverted commas. Uh, Give me the Wizards. Nice bounce back win there. On Monday, we've got eight games starting at 4 a.m. Eastern Australian time. The Knicks go to Brooklyn across the uh, bridge. And obviously no Kyrie in Brooklyn. I'll still take the Nets. I think uh, they sort of just hit on a little bit something-something by getting KD back. They're like, oh, yeah, give us one of the best players in the NBA back. We're okay. The Clippers, they go to Detroit. I think the Clippers will sort out Detroit. Um, It's like one of those classic veteran teams against a a bunch of young upstarts. The Clippers will just do it. Boston hosts Dallas. That's a belter as well. That's at 6.30 in the morning. So you can go from Brooklyn Knicks into Dallas-Boston. I'm going to take the uh, Celtics at home. I think they've got just enough enough defense uh, to stymie that Dallas attack. So I'll take Boston. Philly go to Orlando. The Sixers should win that one. (laughs) It's a James Harden special, that one. 43-12-9 against the Magic. Nights at 9 a.m. Indy go to Atlanta. I think the Hawks bounce back, get that win over the Pacers. Pelicans then host Houston. Maybe CJ McCollum is back for that one. I'll take uh, the Pels. And then Memphis go to OKC. They're going to smash them. And the Phoenix Suns then host the Los Angeles Lakers. This is going to be awesome. I'll take Phoenix. Yeah, because Phoenix are better than the Lakers. And that's it. (laughs) So that's all the weekend sorted for you. Go make some money, I guess. Uh, All right, that's it for today. That's it for this week. Uh, We'll have a classic cooking with Bainsey after this one for you. Uh, but in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey, IG, we're all over the socials, even on the weekends, you know that. NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Uh, still haven't scheduled our surprise emergency podcast about all the trades and stuff. Uh, but we still have our Super Bowl wrap-up there, and we do have more stuff coming soon. Adam with World Wrestling Australia, wherever on YouTube, go check that out. NBAAustralia.com slash shop, get your merch, get your merch. Check us a rating review on your podcast app, would you? Go on! Go on, do it now. Rate and review us. Jimmy is not horrible. Thanks, bro. Uh, manscaped.com as I mentioned earlier I get that performance package and all the ultimate clean products I love it use the code STRAYA you get 20% off from free shipping thedailyliquor.com use the code STRAYA with those guys if you're in Melbourne you get a free 6 pack of that DOS Blockos XPA deliver that boost to your door and Noble download the Noble app bang in the code STRAYA you get 20% off getting smart right thanks to From Oslo for the intro and outro song they're awesome go check out their other band House Hats and big thanks also go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes that you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, however you listen to your bands or stay up to date with them. NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. As mentioned, Goldmines, Saturday night, Cherry Bar. I'm going to swing by there after Dear Seattle. Uh, and that's it. We'll close out today's show, close out the week with a classic cooking with Bainsey for you. Sorry, it's just late. We've run out of time, eh? Uh, we'll do a uh, diary of Stephen Adams next week. Uh, we'll catch you on Monday, I guess. You dickheads. Even though it's Labor Day, I'll still uh, do a show on the Monday, I reckon. All right. I'll see you at the basketball on Sunday. How's that sound? Good? I'll be up there. Look for the red beard. All right. Look after yourselves, you dickheads. Later, hosen. No worst Cooking with Bainsey is filmed in front of a live studio audience. 
And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsy with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> g'day, g'day, g'day. Yes, how are you all? Well, look at you over there. <laughs> I see you over there again, Cheryl. Yes, we know that you love it. Oh, this is great. Yeah, g'day. Welcome to Cooking with Bainsy. I am your host, Aaron Bangers Bainsy. All right, so this here episode, we're going to whip up one of my absolute favorite Australian staples. You can have it whenever as well, at night, for dinner, after a big night on the Terps. It's that absolute Aussie classic. It is Hawaiian pizza. Oh, yes, that's right. I love me some Hawaiian pizza, and it's easy as to make, mate. I mean, it definitely helps keeping up this physique, if you know what I mean. I reckon I probably cook about three of these bloody things a week, you know what I'm saying? And also, hey, just just for yous out there as well, don't bloody listen to anyone who says shit about pineapple on pizza. They can go and do what I tell every centre in the Eastern Conference of the NBA. They can go fuck themselves, all right? You can put whatever the fuck you want on pizza. It's pizza. All right, so anyway, Hawaiian pizza is bloody simple, mate. All you gotta do is go down to your soupy and grab yourself a pizza base. I love the spongier, thick ones, you know. Grab a thing of tomato paste. Now, don't bother with the fancy pants shit with basil or oregano in it, unless you want to be like all fancy pants and shit. Because uh, then you just grab a bunch of shredded ham from the deli, grab a bag of shredded cheese. Now, you can have mozzarella, cheddar, home brand, whatever you want. Doesn't matter. It's just bloody cheese. And. The key ingredient, a tin of pineapple chunks. Now, it's pretty easy to whip this bad boy up, so let's get to it. All right, here we go. Now, just whip your base out. There you go. All right, now smother it with the tomato paste. Well, snip. There you go. Smooth it out a bit. Just make sure it's all over the inside thing. Now, dump your ham on there. Yep, all this shredded ham. Now, oh, get your fingers amongst that. Shove that to the edges. There you go. Spread that out nice and even. Yep, there you go. All right, now cover this liberally with the dead pig. Come on, man. you got to put the ham everywhere. You just need hoops and hoops and hoops of ham. Just make sure it's the nice shredded stuff, though. All right. Now, drain your pineapple into the sink. Or you can, you know, you can drain it into a cup and uh, drink that pineapple juice, you know. What bloke doesn't like a cup of pineapple juice, you know what I'm saying, ladies? Yeah, there we go. Now, fang the chunks of pineapple on there. Just put it everywhere, you know. Just throw it around. And then cover up the entire bloody thing with your shredded cheese. All right. Now, we've got this oven over here. Just wang her in there in the oven. There you go. Just for a good 15, 20 minutes at about 220 degrees Celsius. None of that Fahrenheit bullshit. Now, sit back, grab a tin, and let her cook. Oh, doesn't that bloody well smell delicious? All right. Now, here's one we made a little bit earlier. So you can see once it's browned and a bit on the edges and all your cheese is all melty and nice, you whip her out. You chop her up into slices, and Bob is your bloody pizza-loving uncle. Now, give it a sec to cool down before you chow down. Don't burn your bloody tongue, because that cheese will be hot as buggery, eh? So, all right, now it's there. Just get your bloody munch on. And that is an absolute bloody ripper of a meal. The best bit is, and this will impress everyone, right? You can cook it whenever you want. Mates, the missus, kids, everyone bloody loves Hawaiian pizza. And if they don't, just give them the old bangers, don't argue, and go tell them to cook their own bloody pizza. 
because this is just bloody delicious, mate. All right, how easy was that? Cool. There you go. That is absolutely unreal. Love me some Hawaiian pizza. All right, so that's it for this week. Tune in next week for a new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsies.